0: Of us intuitively know that there are times in our lives when we need outside guidance. If you want to improve your golf game, you go to a golf course and you get a lesson from a golf pro. If you want to optimize your workouts, you contact a personal trainer. If you want to maximize your financial portfolio, You work with a financial planner. If you're having challenging marital issues, you seek out a counselor. See, when are those investments most valuable to our lives? See, it's when they tell us what we don't know. Or is it when they tell us what we already know? See, it's when they expose the blind spots in our lives. they reveal the areas of ignorance or point out the things that we don't see, that's when it's most valuable. It's when one of those things are made known to us. When they're made known to us, what's the wise thing to do? The wise thing to do is to follow their guidance, to take it to heart. But is that the way it tends to work out? See, you, you go to that golf instructor, and he tells you to work on your short game and your putting, and to quit making your driver everything, but, but you like that driver. It hits the ball the farthest. So you keep going to the practice range, you keep pulling out that driver, and you keep teeing off the balls, and you never work on your short game, you never work on the putting game, and your golf game stays the same. It never gets better. See, we all know that from time to time, we need outside advice. We need outside counsel, outside correction. Now, We would freely admit that on the front end. But when it comes to receiving it, that's where it starts to get messy. We we get prideful. We get defensive. We even get arrogant. We ignore it. We run away from it, and we shut it down. The truth is, most of us don't want to change. We want things to be different, but we don't want to hear the voice of change, the challenge of change, the correction of change. But they say, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. We've been in this series called Wisdom for Life a walk through the great wisdom book of the Bible, the book of Proverbs, and what it has to offer our lives. Well, today, we're going to look at its wisdom for correction in our life. And not just correction in general, but the kind of correction that comes from God or through people that bring God's principles to bear on our life. So let's look at what it has to say by talking about three different things. The first will be the idea of correction. Then we're going to look at the benefits of correction. And then finally, we're going to look at how do we respond to correction. So let's begin with the idea of it. We're going to start in the third chapter of Proverbs where it says this. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights in. We're going to spend a little time on these two verses, and we're going to look at what the heart of correction is all about. And to do that, we're going to focus in on a couple of the words within these two verses. The first word we're going to look at is discipline. And the word discipline has to do with teaching and correction. Now, often when we think of discipline, we think of time out— Spanking, if you're a little bit older, or getting grounded. But discipline isn't necessarily punishment. See, at the heart of it is doing what needed to be correct, corrected within our lives. The second word we're going to look at is the word rebuke. Now, the idea behind the word rebuke has to do with verbal correction. So discipline and rebuke have to do with helping, serving, guiding, and directing, either tangibly or verbally, what we need to do. The next word, it's not discipline in general. We're we're not talking about here, but not just anyone's rebuke, but we're looking at the Lord's discipline. Now, that can come in three different ways. The first way we can receive the Lord's discipline is through direct actions that God might take in our lives. The second would be through the words and the teachings of the Bible. And then the third way is through godly people that we seek out for counsel. See, this is all about being open to what God is saying, to what God is doing, either directly in your life or through what he says to into your life through the Bible, or even through godly counsel that he has placed in your life. The fourth word we're going to look at is love. See, when correction comes from God, that's what runs all the way through it. Love. So the goal isn't to condemn, but to help. When God brings correction into our life, it's all always about Him coming alongside of us, helping us reach maximum life effectiveness. Always out of love. Which brings us to the fifth word, the word father. You see, the dynamic of correction is best described in terms of a parent-child relationship. Discipline from a father to a child is never designed to hurt them, or at least it shouldn't be, or, or to punish them just for the sake of punishment. It's designed to keep the child from hurting themselves, to help them reach their fullest potential, to develop them into someone who honors God as fully as they're able to do. It's all about guiding, directing, and leading. It's more like helping them to cross a street without getting hit by a car than it is being the sin patrol, nitpicking everything that they're doing in their life. See, while words like correction, discipline, and rebuke hit us and often make us uncomfortable, we think that they're unpleasant words, maybe even frightening. Remember the words, Lord, love, and Father. Now still, many of us have been victimized in the name of correction. We've had people judge us unfairly or refuse to give us grace or or put our life under a magnifying glass, take it upon themselves to find fault in everything that we do. Maybe you had a parent who used discipline in a harsh or even abrasive manner. Many of us have experienced discipline or rebuke in ways that are demeaning, disparaging, or hurtful, in ways when there was no love. don't let your past don't let that past don't let that hurt don't let the sins of other people keep you from the love of God from what the Bible is offering us here because it's important let me read it to you again this time in the message paraphrase don't dear friend resent God's Disciplined. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's the child he loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all of this. See, with that in mind, let's move to the second area, the benefits of correction, what, and to see what we can learn as a result. Proverbs chapter 12 says this. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid. It's a harsh word. It's stupid to hate correction. Pretty straightforward. So the first benefit of discipline is it's the way that you learn. When you're corrected, you learn. When you're disciplined, you learn. If you resist it, if you run from it, if you hide from it, ignore it, refuse it, Proverbs says you will remain stupid. Now, the word stupid used here, the Hebrew term referred to a dumb animal. Certainly not something to aspire to. The Bible tells us when it comes to discipline, to welcome it to embrace it in your life. Another benefit we see in Proverbs chapter 10 where it says, he who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. The second benefit is that it helps you help other people. See, when we are teachable, we can teach others. But if you aren't open to correction, then any influence you have on others, any leadership that you have over others, any impact is going to be a negative one. Let me focus on leadership. You know, the the definition of a leader is simple. Look over your shoulder. Are people following you? If they are, then you are a leader. People follow authenticity. Leaders are learners. As a leader, we have to take that seriously. We can't lead people astray. We have to embrace the the knowledge that the Bible and God will bring to us. The next benefit we see in Proverbs chapter 15 where it says, he who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. The third benefit of being open to correction is what it does to our life. You don't just learn. You don't just lead. You get the life that you long for. Most of us will run from correction or discipline or rebuke to protect ourselves. But what are we protecting? Life as it's lived right now. Life as we're experiencing it right now. The status quo. And in so doing, you're cutting yourself off from the way that life could be lived. The way that life could go. The the way that life could be experienced. Look at how it's described in Proverbs 16. It says, those who listen to instruction will prosper. Now, with that in mind, Let's turn to how we should respond to correction. Proverbs 13 puts it this way. It says, a wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. The key word in this verse is the word mocker the highest level among fools is the mocker. They have no respect for any outside authority. In fact, they mock it. They think that they know everything, that nobody is smarter than they are, nobody is wiser than they are, and they're filled with ego. And as a result, they're not teachable. When they hear truth about themselves, they just don't believe it. Not if it challenges them. Not if it corrects them or admonishes them. The heart of being a mocker is pride. Pride is the idea that there's no one, no thing, and no God who can speak into our life. When someone critiques us, we just tear them down. And we see this, this is all through the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 15, it says, mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. I like how the message paraphrase puts this same verse. It says, know-it-alls don't like being told what to do. They avoid the company of wise men and women. See, that's why it's said that pride comes before a fall. So how should we react? Proverbs 17 tells us, it says, A quiet rebuke to a person of good sense does more than a whack on the head of a fool. The reason it impresses a man of discernment is because a man of discernment wants to see the blind spots. They want to see the weaknesses within them. Why? Because they want to grow. They want to grow closer to God. They want to grow grow better and and develop more in their leadership. He, He says to God, I want everything you have for me everything. Which means I want to hear everything that you want to say to me. All of the rebuke. All of the discipline. I need it so that I can get better. The simple advice of Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20 is given over and over again. It says, get all the advice and instruction you can. So you will be wise the rest of your life. So that is what Proverbs has to say about correction. Now, here's how I want to, to end today. I, I want to offer you a word of correction, and I hope that you'll be open to it. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, which says this It says, Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. Where right now do you know that you have given a healthy, helpful, true word about pride in your life? Maybe it was from Scripture. Maybe it was from something that happened in your life. Maybe it was from someone who gave it to you on behalf of God in loving counsel. And right now, you're just blowing it off. You're giving in to stubbornness. You're giving in to pride and ego. You are becoming a mocker. Here's what I would challenge you the most it's that word of correction that you've received. Over from multiple sources over a long period of time and it seems to come to you over and over again person after person in situation after situation and yet you ignore it time and time again. My advice stop it. Because what scripture says is true a life that leads to one thing if you follow down that path and it is sudden destruction. That's the reason the Bible says that it will be sudden is because you've been building towards that for a long time. But yet you don't seem to think that it's coming. But when it does, it will be sudden and it'll be irrevocable. It'll be thorough the kind that can't be repaired. So I want to end today by just asking you some questions. Do you long for correction or do you run from it? Do you seek people out who might speak wisdom into you? And then do you accept that wisdom into your life and make the changes? Or do you do everything that you can to avoid having anyone say anything that might offer correction? Where do you know right now that God wants to correct you? And how are you responding? Are you a mocker with a closed mind to it? Or are you wise with an open mind. The last time you heard a correcting word, how did you respond? Did pride kick in? Where do you think you don't need correction? And what does that say about that area of life where pride might already have a hold on you? You see, that area where we don't think we need correction might be the very area that we need it the most. Tough questions. At least they were for me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for the wisdom that the book of Proverbs gives us. It gives us in light of correction. It helps us to realize that we have to be open to your correction. It helps us to realize the benefits of it and then how we should respond. God, help us to be open. Help us to let go of pride and ego. And help us to always seek your correction and to follow that guidance when we see it. In Jesus' name, amen.